welcome to AVDP. I think we're on this 57 is the right number. Is that you wrote that there? Yeah. Well, the other one said 56. Do I do I just start talking? Yeah. Okay. So how was uh, your? What'd you do for New Year? How about that? New Year? Not much. Me and uh, my girlfriend Yolanda uh, just had a nice casual evening in and cooked some dinner. What'd you and, cook? Uh, we cooked some uh, pasta, mushroom pasta, and uh, asparagus. You're real lucky. Why? To have a girlfriend who eats mushrooms. Oh, people don't like mushrooms, huh? Emily hates them. I'm fucking hates them. Won't eat one. They're delicious. I mean, that's all I want to eat my whole life. She won't eat them. Mm. There's so many different kinds too. I got some different, some like kind of weird ones, little ones that look like a, I don't know, the little a, ones, a big, a big bushel of like tiny little, little, little tiny things. Then I got these dried ones. Shiitake, or shiitake, right? These weren't shiitake. They were something else. And then I got these other ones that were like dried at the store. Mm. Like they smell really bad, but uh, they taste. Actually, I'm kind of disappointed with those dried ones. I probably wouldn't get those. I put those in my ramen. Mm. They, they stop being dry because they suck the water up and they become open. My mom made some oyster mushrooms uh, for her New Year's dinner, which I had. What do those look like? I think I like they those. They look like oysters. That's why they're called oyster mushrooms. They're like oh, kind of slimy okay. and they're long and yeah. weird looking. Okay. But they're, they're, they're very, uh, when you chew them, they're very kind of meaty, I would say. Mm-hmm. I like them a lot. But yeah, that's cool. Sounds good. How about you? Uh, yeah, same kind of deal. Me and Emily went to, uh, to dinner to a nice Italian place over here. And that's it. You know, we were kind of feeling bad that we're not going anywhere, doing anything. But then I'm like, you know what? I, I hate going to the parties. I'm too old. Yeah, the party sucks. I think the bars suck. Oh, fuck uh, the bars. I've hated those my whole life. New Year's Eve. I mean, don't you just think it's, I mean, just how arbitrary of a change this is? It's just seems kind of silly to like give a big celebration. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, every reason to celebrate, I guess, is, is silly if you look at it that way. I suppose. I mean, everybody, this is like the day you go out to party. Like Halloween is a party day, mm-hmm. right? And if you're not doing anything on Halloween, you're like, you're lame. You, you know, that's what mm-hmm. the kids will say. But I would say, you know what? No. When you're a mature adult, you don't do that kind of nonsense anymore. Well, I disagree on Halloween. I think Halloween is the best day to party. And uh, people should always party on Halloween. There you go. Because dressing up is great. And everyone loves it. I used to like it. It really flipped. I really flipped on it. Yeah, why? I don't know. I used to really like it, remember? When I was in, uh, we lived together at the dorms. I'm all about uh, dressing up. I never lived in the dorms with you, but... Uh, well, you know, in the uh, in college, we lived in the fucking spot. Sure, we did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say something else. Uh, <coughs> you cooked some other stuff. No, actually. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Again, about the year changing. This is kind of getting into a topic, sorry. But here's another pet peeve I have Get about away. the year. Like... The obsession in like the business world, or I guess probably the accounting or tax mm. world, with like year end, like oh, yeah. it's just so absurd. Like, have you heard about? I've heard about companies that if a department is allocated a particular budget, and if they haven't used that budget by the end of the year, they're like, "Well, we have to use all this money, otherwise we're not going to get it this year." Like, what a waste! I mean, just for some, I don't know. It just seems so. It's absolutely it. idiotic. And then how my, how my days off reset to the end of the year. I have to like use up. Like I took three days off at the end of this year because I would just lose them if I did not use them. I didn't have anything to do. I'd rather just be working. I'd rather save them for next year and then I can go on some nice vacation. But like, no, they ha- you have to use them because like this, I don't know. Just, they reset at yeah, the year. I just, it's so stupid. Yeah. I, I just hate that. It's just it's idiotic. so absurd. You're right. That's just totally doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's I, fucking stupid. I think it all comes from like accounting. Yeah, like originally where like you need to do your yearly taxes, taxes and if yeah. you have this, so I mean, it, I suppose it like makes sense somehow, but it sure, you know, from the peons perspective, it seems pretty arbitrary. Well, and like in the, in the example you put where they like literally waste the money they have yeah, to make sure they get that amount again. Like yeah. that is detrimental to the company. Definitely. Yeah. 
you know, like they find a way to spend money and they're like, oh, I don't, we got this, we got to make sure we get the same amount. So we're going to mm-hmm. just dump it out. How about they keep what they have as a surplus and then still get the same amount? And then they can spend more money that year on doing better things. Yeah, that seems good. If I'm sure a lot of CEOs, like presidents of companies, leadership, watch this podcast. A lot, probably. Do something about Ask, you know, inquire, you know. Check it out. Ask it in your own company. Hey, James. If this is going on. I know you're listening. <laughs> Come on. What can we do about this? I don't think, I haven't heard about that at the company I work for, but I've heard about this in other companies. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's deal with the uh, the topic that's on everybody. The elephant in the room. The elephant. Yeah, the elephant in the room here. Yeah. Uh, the Star Wars. Star Wars. Talk about should, Star Wars. You should put one of those big, bam, spoiler. Like, like a graphics. spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoiler alert thing. Yeah. I already did it. Great. So, you saw it. I saw it. I saw it at that nice theater with the uh, nice fucking seats that Yuri's been. Oh yeah, I'm 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 never gonna see a movie anywhere else again. Really? Before we even talk about Star Wars, let me tell you about something else. Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight. Yeah, I've seen literally zero advertising for this movie. I've seen one one uh, like TV preview. I'm really confused. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Is it, are they not advertising for it, or am I not in the target audience where I'm just missing it? Because I, I I'll tell you what, I've seen three movies in the last six months, and I feel like I've seen a trailer for every movie ever, and yeah. no Hateful Eight trailers. I've been on YouTube, and YouTube shows a lot of movie trailers and their ads. Haven't seen a Hateful Eight trailer. Mm-hmm. Haven't even seen the fucking sidebar ads for Hateful, Hateful Eight. What's going on? And this is, I'm absolutely the target market for this. I love cheesy yeah. action movies. I love Tarantino flicks. I, I mean, this is, I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe I I haven't. I've like I said. I think I've only seen one preview, and then I read an article or I heard on the radio about he had some kind of a spat with like this theater who was uh, the theater promised or they they told him or something. Quentin Tarantino. I mean, they told Quentin Tarantino that they would open his movie on this weekend, mm-hmm. and then uh, allegedly there was pressure from Disney to say you have to push this back a week because this is all Star Wars week. I heard that. So too. he was all pissed about the theater or something. I mean, I don't. Maybe it's all made up or like whatever. Yeah, who cares? I heard that. I heard that he had to push back his movie because of uh, Disney yeah. pressure. Um, yeah, I haven't seen Hateful Eight. You? No. It looks the preview. I mean, it reminded me just like of Django. Or Django? Well, whatever. it's in the same time period. Yeah. It didn't look like the same movie, though. Yeah. It looks like a bunch of guys locked in a cabin who have to like deal with a, an internal kind of whodunit sort of situation. Mm-hmm. But instead of whodunit, it's like a who's going to do it. Because they all okay. want to kill each other, but someone's going to make the first move. And then... So it's like a, it's like a free-for-all with eight people. Mm. And they all want to be the last one standing, but they're not over, overtly enemies. So it's kind of a cool premise, I feel like. That's what I get out of it anyway, out of the trailer that I watched intentionally. I'll I had to seek it. it out. I'll see it. Yeah, I mean, I love Tarantino movies, so I'll definitely see it. So anyway, I saw Star Wars in 3D. Oh, 3D? Mm-hmm. Oh, God, why? Uh, it was the only movie time that made sense. Ugh, yuck. Did that ruin the experience for you? I don't think so. God, I hate 3D. I don't know why you're so vomity about it. I hate wearing... Well, <laughs> the main thing I hate about it is uh, I think the, the 3D effect, I think it sucks. I think it's bad. I don't... I think you get used to it after like a few minutes. You don't even notice it's it. pretty weak. All I notice is I have these stupid glasses on my face. Yeah. And like the effect is just bad. I mean, if the effect was really cool, I'd be all for it. Like virtual reality headset or whatever. Like that's awesome. I mean... Yeah, I just think the effect How long do you think it's going to be before we have full-on, like, Oculus movies? They already have movies. They release feature films. And the one I... In Oculus? 
Yeah, in like virtual. I mean, YouTube has a 360 VR channel. Like you can search for VR, you know, 360 movies and watch this on your device or whatever. What kind of movies? What do you mean? Uh, well, I mean the ones that you YouTube has a whole all sorts of different kind of ones. Um, How would that work? Like, let's say they're making a Star Wars movie. It would have to be done specifically for that. They yeah. couldn't. It couldn't like yes. ret- retrofit a movie. Yeah. But then it's like, what would you do with a movie like that? You know what I mean? Oh, I think it'd be awesome. And it would be awesome. The, but like, how could you? Like, let's say you're watching a cantina scene, okay? And mm-hmm. it'd be so cool to look around and see the cantina. Oh, yeah. But like, how? What if you lose track of that? Like, would would the audio be? Because you're still watching the characters. <clears throat> but if you get confused and you look away and then you're like, oh shit, something's happening behind me and you can't find them again. Like, yeah, well, it'd be weird, right? You know, I actually went. So I have this VR headset. It was called, uh, or it still is called. Um, or Gear, Gear VR, I think it's called. It works specifically with the Samsung phone. It's made by Oculus. But you use your phone. Like, I use my... This is a Galaxy Note 4. You plug the thing in, and it's like you're using the screen, and it runs all the applications, and the... You know, you look all right. Like, it's awesome. It works, like, fantastic. Um, they have some... There's, like, a music video that's on there, and they have some other video kind of previews. Like, one is a helicopter flight over, like, Iceland or something. Mm-hmm. Another one is, like, this music video where there's, like, this guy playing different instruments and stuff. Like, it's really cool. And uh, I went to this meetup also that was for developers for virtual reality things. And they talked about that. Like, how do you get the viewer's attention? Like, in a game specifically, like, they need to look behind them. They just said to use cues, you know, some kind of a cue where they have to look Like an arrow them. would pop up? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I suppose that would probably work, but... I. I would imagine having something within the scene that would be a cue. Like maybe all the characters look back and then you're going to look back there. Mm-hmm. That would be a way to do it. I think that'd be awesome. That would be cool. That'd be cool. I'm just trying to wonder how a scene would work if like there's a dialogue going on and you just kind of wander off. Especially if it's not an action scene where there's just like a dialogue and you get yeah. you get bored. Like let's say there's a dialogue going and you think like the movie's not very well made and the dialogue kind of sucks and it's kind of boring. And you're hearing it. But if you look away, do you, you still hear the dialogue because it's the dialogue of the movie? Do they have to write dialogue for all the characters so you can like look at a different table and kind of get focused on that? He- you know, I mean, I suppose you could do it however you want, but that'd be so much more work. You know what I mean? Like it'd be so crazy to do that. And that movie would, I mean, it would have to be a movie specifically for three D audiences, mm-hmm. which would make the audience really narrow mm-hmm. because like three D people, like you hate three D, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are gonna hate the mm-hmm. virtual reality. So they're making a cool movie like Star Wars Ten or whatever it might be. They'll have the 3D Oculus version, which will cost them a shitload of money to make, but nobody will see it. Maybe. I'm not sure how much you know? more it would really cost. Well, if you're trying to... If, like, if you don't have to worry about this much of your scene, now you have to worry about that much of your scene. I mean, that's for sure going to cost a lot more money. you got to, like, write the cantina. Like, what's behind them in the cantina? they got to, like, write that in and animate it and, like, write dialogue for all that. Like, it's a whole fucking endeavor. And that's just the cantina scene I'm talking about. Then you're in the Imperial Star Destroyer, and you got to look mm, behind. That you. would be sick. You see, Storm- see this, the battle. Like, oh, it'd be sweet. Be oh, cool. in a battle, it'd be amazing because then you can look around wherever you want, and that's it'd be almost mm-hmm. add rewatch value to your to your movie because mm-hmm. you watch different parts of the space battle. It'd be super sick. Mm-hmm. But in the scenes with dialogue, it'd be super confusing. I feel like they'd figure it out. It'd be fine. Figure it out. Um, the movie, the one movie, feature film that I saw, I didn't watch the feature film, but it is a. 361 some kind of like a scary movie and like some insane mm-hmm. it's not like it looks terrifying like i had i'm not sure if i'd watch it to be honest mm-hmm. because when it, I, i'm ashamed when you came to that party and i tried to have you use the 3d thing it wasn't i didn't have the right software or whatever but Bar. it's a shame i should have brought it over here like i said i was gonna do but anyways it's really immersive so like i would be t- i would be scared to watch mm-hmm. like i might not watch a scary movie because i think it would be i watch you know, i watch people do that and they say the reason it's so scary is because you can't escape 
from yeah, because you're yeah. in it, it's on your head. Yeah. Whereas if you're playing on your computer, you can look away. Yeah, you, know, you can like. like and but, you know, even though you know how scary a game can get to yeah. a movie or something, I yeah, mean, amnesia scared the fuck out of me when I play that game. If I was playing amnesia on an Oculus, that'd be like the scariest experience uh, of my life. Yeah, I mean that'll be I, I, that for that reason. I think I'd get one because that's the best way to do that. It's cool, man. It's uh really cool. Everybody I've showed that thing to was quite impressed. My grandma loved it. She was like all about it. <laughs> like that's cool. <laughs> they have all. The, yeah, I should have brought. Next, I'll bring it next time. I really uh, we're fucked up a spoiler because we never talked about Star Wars. Oh, yeah, I guess what are, we talk about What it. are people supposed to do when they get a spoiler alert? What do they pause the podcast? Do they fast forward? Well, here's what you do tell them you should put into that thing, say, we stopped talking about Star Wars at 14, whatever. And we started talking about it 10 minutes from the spoiler alert. Yeah, that. Oh, yeah, good point. Maybe you should put, already, it, in. Maybe you should put it, it in right here. Already did it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's talk about Star Wars for real. So, you saw it. Yeah. Why don't um, you give me your. Well, I'd give it a... Uh, out of 10. i give it... No, out of 10. Give, well, we'll do... i give okay. it a 1 out of 1. 1 out of 1. What about out of 10? No, thanks. You just won't, uh, won't rate it. 1 out of 1. Um, however, my beef is... I'll start with the bad. I think that... Uh, it just was so derivative. Like, every character... Like, they reused all the characters. They reused all the same, like, plot devices. Like, a giant world-destroying thing is, like, going through, and they need to stop it in the nick of time, and they have to fly through something. I mean... They were just so obvious about reusing all these exact same uh, devices, characters, even just like, st- I mean, the bad guy is like some creepy talking guy with a black mask on. I like that he was a wiener, though. I got to say, I did like that he was a, a wiener. A wannabe. Yeah, like, I like that part. And like, yeah, I don't know, just very derivative, all this stuff. At the same time, I feel like it was exactly the perfect spirit of uh, Star Wars A New Hope. Like, it was kind of corny and like adventure based and you know they can run through a sea of stormtroopers and no one can hit them and that kind of stuff i think that's fine that doesn't bother me it's more just i would have liked a little more originality and some kind of stuff for instance there wasn't a single new song that i remembered at all at least in the prequels there was one good new song the duel of the fates one from phantom menace Mm -hmm. and uh there was no new vehicles the only new vehicle was that dude's uh darth vader 2's like new shuttle and they only showed that like landing and taking off like there was no cool new vehicles they said the same like the star destroyers looked about the same they used x-wings for all that thing i guess there were there was the chick speeder like i guess that was fine but i mean all all the the prequels you know whatever at least they had cool ships you could think about yeah i I didn't really see that as a problem because this is only 20 years later right from the new the movies so like in 20 years when are they going to re- get rid of all the x-wings and make new well, ships they don't need to get rid of anything but in if you look at a new hope empire strikes back and return of the jedi there was all sorts of variety of spaceships between the movies there were just all these spaceships out there so they mm-hmm. showed them in different movies i mean they could have had some cool spaceships let me tell you what i think about this derivativeness that you i agree it definitely is mm-hmm. but i, th- I think it's kind of good because the the way the whole universe works and the way the force works and almost wants it to be that way you know like there's always two dark lords and there's always like yeah. the jedis and they kind of like there's awakenings and it kind of follows a, almost a cycle where it feels like it's appropriate that it is the same arc that it was before it's like a history repeating itself in this way and it's like the empire never learns and the force always has to come up out of the out of the grassroots and kind of you know take over i mean i guess the prequels kind of fucked that all up yeah, and I mean, I think that was fine. I mean, they had a unique storyline. Like, there was all the political part about the prequels. And, like, they just did different... I mean, in this movie, they had, like, the circle world-destroying thing they need to fix. They need to kill at the last minute. It, where they had to fly into the trench and, like, 
you know, blow it all up, right? I think there was no trench, but they had a trench. They had a fly in there, and, and then they had they they entered like the shady bar, like some point, and someone had to find some people to like take him off. the The dude had to find the other two people with a ship to take him off the world. Like I mean, those like those are like kind of minor, medium plot devices they just reuse. I mean. I don't know. It just kind of it got old after they kept reintroducing the old character. Like I guess I just would have liked some kind of a new. And, and the robot is like R two D two. Yeah, I mean it's for the funny like. And then there is our yeah. wise guy robot. Yeah, who's so so cute and adorable, and nobody mm-hmm. can understand him except for everybody but you. He was he was fine. I did. I, I mean, he was cool, but he's like the same. It's the same character. Yeah, it's, he's yes. the same character. Is what yes. I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. That is interesting that they're so. Uh, so, you know, here, here's the other thing. Uh, people always talk about spoilers, spoiler alerts in this movie. Mm-hmm. Where's, what's the spoiler? Is There's it, only one spoiler. Is it that Han dies? Han dies, I that's guess. That's the spoiler. That, I mean, I knew he was really going to die. Only almost, one. I smelled that from, like, forever ago. Like, yeah. Han's going to for sure die. He's, he's too old anyway. You know what I mean? Like, to mm-hmm. be doing this kind of action shit. But, yeah, I mean, I really uh, hated it when he died. Not because... Hated it? I, well, I hated the whole... Here's my whole gripe. Is we, we as the audience, have no reason to believe that Han has any chance of convincing Vader 2 to stopping Vader 2. Yeah. Well. They've had no interactions that we're <clears throat> familiar with. They have no relationship with each other that we're, we're privy to, other than he knows that his son is that guy. Okay. I thought there was a chance. You did? A bit, because earlier Vader 2 was uh, talking to the Force God or whatever, and he was saying like how he feels goodness or whatever. Remember he's in his... He's in his uh, in his quarters, in his room, and he's like talking. He's like asking for strength from Vader because he says he's like starting to feel good or something like that. Remember mm-hmm. that part? I guess I don't remember. That, that was early in the movie. Yeah, he seemed to be kind of wrestling with his own evil. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, so I thought there was kind of a chance. I mean, it felt like he was gonna die, but I was, you know, I, I didn't think that was a given. Personally, I just really I thought it was too soon to have that interaction happen, and that should have been like end of the second movie kind of twist yeah it was not set up at all he's like i need to go talk to him yeah and then like, he like talks to him on the ledge yeah another, another reused plot device out in the middle of a giant ledge in on top of a endless chasm where some guy's talking to his father mm-hmm. and then uh you know someone gets stabbed someone gets stabbed i mean yeah that was uh, the same kind of scene they did they did do a lot of like remakes of shots for sure yeah but i got really mad i wish instead if han solo had to die like if if i don't know why he had to die at all but maybe Harrison Ford's like fuck you. I'm not I'm doing way, I'm way for him dying. I'm for any of the original characters dying. Well, sure. Because I want to. If he had to die, let's say he had to die, then I would have had him kill kill himself. Like I got to stay behind and set off the charges. You guys get out of here. I'm gonna like, you know <clears> what I mean? Or like he could talk to, to to his son, but in a way where he's not getting killed for it. You know, like he doesn't try, and then he somehow escapes and runs away, and then has to like sacrifice himself by hitting the last button to set the charges, you know, whatever. He sacrificed mm-hmm. himself for the good of the team. And then maybe Vader 2 sees that and goes, oh, there's such, you know, selflessness here. And that kind of affects him in a way that, like, I'll never, you know, it, it, that would be mm-hmm. a that would be a, a powerful moment where he, he's like, fuck you, dad. I'm never going to be not a Sith. And then you see his dad sacrifice himself to save his friends. And he's like, oh, who would do that for me here in this empire, in this evil world, you know? And he kind of gets a little tinge to set up the conversion and i mean i totally smell a conversion for him in the next couple movies the kylo Ky- kyren kylo kylo ren isn't it kyren i don't know kai i don't know kylo ren yeah, i don't know I-, I smell him turning right you smell that no um <clears throat> especially with the scene you're talking about they're setting it up where he feels the goodness he's gonna he's probably. gonna flip i mean i would bet yeah. money i would bet money on him flipping 
in, in the, by the end of the series. I probably agree. Yeah. So it would have been a great. Scene I think it's more likely he's gonna die. He's or just get killed. He's not interesting enough. I don't think. I think he is. I think he's interesting. Is he? Yeah. Because he's uh, he he's the he's the the son of important characters. Yeah. He he shows a little progression. Yeah. He's got like a motive that's unique. You know, like he wants to emulate someone. Yeah. Like his motive isn't like what? What? what like for example, what's the fucking red face from the uh, the, the 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 prequels? I, Darth, Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Like what was his motivation? Yeah, he was just a he was a complete, straight, up, straight up bad, guy. complete extra. Then we got bad then guy, we yeah. got Lord Dooku. You know, I mean, he yeah. had a he was just a greedy, evil person. He was like an Emperor Junior. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a motivation to be powerful, mm-hmm. and that was so generic. You know, this is the first one. Where I think he really has a motivation that's selfish. You know, he he wants to be the best. He wants to be better than Vader. It's very personal to him. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm just going to be the evilest person. So I think that's I think he's unique in that way, and that makes him interesting to me. And he's the son of important characters, so he can't just be passed off like Darth Maul was. He's very important to the universe. You know, you have the Star Wars universe. Yeah. But I, I just see him flipping. I see maybe an interaction with him and Leia, him and Luke. Him and Luke have a, you know because Luke trained him right. Did he? Did they yeah. say that? Yeah, Luke trained him, and then he, afterwards, mm. he Luke couldn't keep him because one of Han's lines is they said that. Yeah, even Luke really. couldn't couldn't keep him together. How uh-huh. can I keep it together? Because I'm not even like a super good person. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Luke and him can have an interaction later. Probably the same one that Vader and Obi Wan had, mm-hmm. right? Where where where, Han, where he lets himself get killed, and yeah. then he kills him, and then whatever. Probably similar to that, since they're mm-hmm. going this remake kind of concept. Yeah, I wonder. I'm interested to see if. So I feel like this movie, Force Awakens, really followed A New Hope and like just kind of the feeling like it was adventure and you know that kind of stuff. Yeah. I wonder if they will continue that. They will try to kind of mirror like Empire Strikes Back with the next one. Make it a little depressing. A little, yeah, a little. Who's bit gonna of get a, carbonated though? The black guy. Oh god. Oh, he's set up for it. The black guy's Carbonate. gonna get carbonated. Yeah. Who's the Vani hunter? Someone. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they, they have it. someone new. I mean, they'll probably just re- resurrect. Hopefully, they don't just resurrect. Wrangle, wrangle, fed. Oh God, I hope I mean, <laughs> some they, shit. There's just so much. You know, there's so much. Uh... The, I'll tell you what they did a good job with in the trailers the whole time going into the movie. I thought the black guy was a Jedi. You know, what's his name? I don't even know. I don't know the names of his any name of the new characters. Finn. Finn. Right. What's the name of the girl? Her is Ren. Ren. Ugh. Yeah, Kylo. So Kylo. it's Kai, Finn, and Ren. Fuck. What's with these one syllable ones? I mean, it's. I find, Han, like I said, I can't. Luke, yeah, Han. Han yeah, Luke, Luke. Luke. Yeah, you're right. Lando is two. Chewie is two. Anakin is three. R2D2 is three. It, Chewie wasn't mad enough that Han died. He wasn't devastated enough. Yeah. He was, like, sad. And then the next scene you see him is, like, him, like, oh, I guess you'll do. You know, with the girl in the yeah, ship. Yeah, you're right. And I was like, can he be, like, super inconsolable? I mean, he's known the guy for fucking literally. 50 well, and years. he was free in Empire Strikes Back. He freaks out and he starts. You know, he's obviously very upset then when they're putting him in carbonite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. He was not upset enough. I'll tell you what else I hate was I maybe not hate. I don't like the new Emperor guy, Emperor Two. That creep. He just. I love how he makes himself enormous. Yeah, I hope he ends up being like. Really oh yeah, short. I, think I, that'd I be love really that. Funny, At but, first, uh, I'm like, is this some kind of a giant? I'm like, no, it's just a hologram. He just chooses yeah. to make his hologram enormous. Yeah, that's so. He's kind of he's just boring though. I mean, just like some kind of a bald, boring super one. I mean, evil looking, twisted guy. Yeah, I mean, it's just a little bit boring. I hope. I hope he turns out to be like not even that form at all, or really small, or something. Like I don't know. I guess if he's a giant, that'd be cool too. I guess I just don't like his look. It's a little... He just looks like he's been burned badly. It's a little dull. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he just looks like an evil emperor. Yeah. That's what I... I was surprised to see him be enormous, and I thought that was cute. That he's just like, I'm going to make myself super big. I was reading uh, some like comment thread, and someone else... I love when people say, 
in any comment or any post ever, did anyone else notice that? And it's just like the most obvious thing in the world. But it's, did anyone else notice how the uh, the new order, the empire, resembled Nazi, like Nazi fascists? <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? Like, yeah. Obviously, like, what gave it away? The salute? Like, the the ranks or the red, the big red flags? Like, what gave it away? Yeah, All those like, things. Yeah, obviously, they're the fascist. You know, like, <laughs> are you kidding? But it's like every fascist regime is, like, going to be compared to Nazis. I mean, for sure. It's fascism looks like, always. You know, like, in every fucking incarnation. Mm-hmm. But I just love anytime anybody says, did anybody else notice that that Hunger Games is very much like uh, the other movie that it was in? Like, yep. <laughs> You're not clever. Everyone noticed that. Like, what do you want? Upvotes for this? What did you think of that stormtrooper who had the, like, anti lightsaber oh, thing? I, I, I watched the movie with Yuri. Me and Yuri watched the movie. And they're just, like, mowing down stormtroopers. They're just stormtroopers for stormtroopers' sake. And you know what they're like. And then all of a sudden, this one guy shows up. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, some mega stormtrooper, a commando mm-hmm. beast. And I, like, couldn't wait for him to take off his mask. And he's, like, some fucking, like, you know, Django fat wannabe. Mm-hmm. Just gets just gets killed. Mm-hmm. You're like, what was that? What was his story? Like, yeah, I, I cracked up, and I think that was kind of stupid, but kind of. I mean, it was cool to have a stormtrooper that was remarkable. But then it's like, why does a stormtrooper have a baton that can fight lightsabers? Yeah, because even I there's guess, no Jedi's. Well, there was Luke though, and people must have known about him. So maybe he, maybe there was more war that was going on where Luke was fighting a lightsaber. Seemingly not. Because it would have been made missing more... for twenty years. Good point. Yeah. So, like, the only Jedi is Luke, and the only other <clears throat> Sith are our guy on their side. So, this why and then, like, do all Stormtroopers have that baton? Like, do they all have that? Or just this one guy, like, one out of a hundred has, like, this particular lightsaber baton where he can fight? How lucky for him that he found the one Jedi in the world to fight against. Like, and he wasn't even a Jedi. He just happened to have a lightsaber. Yeah, the guy just had a lightsaber. That was so funny. A little bit too cool for me, but it was it was fine. Yeah, I mean, it's fine, but it's just kind of, like, stupid that, that... Like, if there were a lot of Jedis, I would believe that in the prequels, where there's, like, hundreds, hundreds of Jedis. Yep. So then stormtroopers and droids or whatever are equipped with... Something that helps lightsaber battles. Mm-hmm. But for this one, like 20 years after Luke went missing, this one guy's still carrying around this fucking baton, you know, waiting, hoping for the day he'll be at the one spot where <laughs> that lightsaber will be and he's gonna. Be I mean, the yeah, hero. but that weapon. I mean, I suppose I suppose you could beat someone up with it, but sure. I mean, you'd rather have a gun, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, it's definitely made to, like, handle a lightsaber. Like, why else would you have, like, yeah. a weird magnetic repulsor baton? Like, what the fuck yeah. is that? Just get a gun, right? I mean, it's way better. I like. I feel like they kept it. They kept it easy with the uh, like over the top computer graphics, which yeah. I definitely appreciated. I appreciated in, that a in lot. the prequels. The thing, one of the things I hated the most was Yoda's lightsaber battle, where he's fucking like jumping around. It's like he's doing just. It's just nonstop. The coolest stuff you could ever think of, spinning and just doing like all these video game fighting game. Like I mean, that sucked. I hated that. It just gets really boring. They, I feel like they didn't do that in this one, and I appreciate that where it was a little more. I, you know, when that Yoda fought, that was like the geekiest moment of my life. I was. I loved it, it so was, much too. It looked amazing. I, I know. I loved it so much too. But like, but looking now, back, it's just yeah. Like, looking back in retrospect, I mean, there's there's no reason for that to happen. Like Yoda's, and this is this is literally said by that that Plinket guy. If you have ever seen his reviews, you should definitely watch him. I won't, but fine. Okay. Well, he he said this like exactly, but I agree with him totally. Where Yoda's whole thing is that he's he's handicapped in the world of lightsaber warriors. You know, like he's a small, shitty old man. Mm-hmm. Like he, there's no reason that he should compete with young, able-bodied athletes who are lightsaber fighting as their focus. 
Like the Emperor, you know, him too. They're shriveled old men. Their knowledge of the Force is their skill, not their athletic ability. So for Yoda to all of a sudden like have to whip out a lightsaber and overcome someone in that way is stupid because he shouldn't be doing that. He should be just overpowering them in a way that's different, that's like not so brute force. He should have a better way of dealing with it. That would make a more a deeper movie. I agree. It, uh, they yeah. did say it. They they uh, foreshadowed to Yoda's prowess with the lightsaber right, in episode they did. They did. two. I You're think right. where he's like, oh, you, nobody you'd be rival Yoda. Yoda exactly. I but mean, it's not kind of like I agree that it would make a more interesting story if it wasn't just it was. It's done because in all the other movies, like Luke, you know, he has to lift like lift the X wing. You know, that was the big thing, and Luke had a really hard time lifting the X wing. Yoda lifts the X wing. Yoda's like, I'm a little, here. here's how the force works. I left the fucking mm-hmm. X-Wing. Luke is a good lightsaber fighter, you know? And that's that's fine. They all have their own little skills. But to have Yoda be the best lightsaber fighter and also the best force wielder, it's just kind of like, it's a little OP. And then it's like, if you can do that all the time. OP? Overpowered. Overpowered? He's a little overpowered. Okay. And like, if he can do that, then why does he have that cane? And why does he create this illusion that he's a feeble old man when he's really like the most athletic fuck in the galaxy? Yeah, after that fight, he does go back to the cane. Yeah, so like, like, I use this cane. It's almost like, like he can just summon this yeah. strength. Yeah, I mean, I guess it takes a lot of energy, but it's like, can you just walk normal then? Like, you have to use the cane all the time and like, <laughs> like a fucking old man? Does it take that much to just walk like, like you're just 20 years younger? I didn't like that part in the old, those old movies. I mean, I love the way it looked. It was sweet to see Yoda throw down, but like at the same time, it's like that it kind of detracts from him a little bit. Yoda should just kind of be standing there and using the Force to telekinetically keep everything away, and that would have been. Now, here's a complaint that I've heard several times: is that people who people should have no chance fighting Kylo Ren with lightsaber. Like the black guy took the lightsaber. I keep calling him the black guy. I feel like I'm a racist. Finn. It's kind of racist. I mean, he's the black guy in the movie, right? He's the only one, he is. so this identifies but him. But is that what defines him? You're right. Finn takes a lightsaber, and he fights He fights uh, the bad guy. He f- he fights... Yeah. Uh, well, what's, what's the guy's name? Kylo Ren? God, Ren Finn, like, well, Vader, go, Vader I, 2. I might not be <clears throat> Vader 2, yeah. He fights Vader 2 with a lightsaber for a while, and kind of holds his own before he gets jacked. But he does fight him. Oh right, when they're both in, fight, the, forest. in the forest and with the yeah. yeah, you're right. That that makes no sense because he has no lightsaber training. Maybe right. he's got like Jedi blood or something. Well, that's that well, could happen. Our boy Shane says that he's also a Jedi. He sure seemed to be able to use that lightsaber fine. Right, but, but did you you don't have to be a Jedi to use a lightsaber? Did anyone in any other the robot guy Grievous Lord Grievous right. he used he's lightsabers? Kind of a Jedi, isn't he? Grievous? No, he was just a robot. No, I think he had like he had the soul of some old Jedi or something like that. According, I think that's according to the uh, the Clone Wars animated part. They talk about the story of him, and I think he used to be a Jedi, and like they took his brain or something. Like really? That. Well, his heart's in the in there. Yeah, or something like that. It's some kind of interesting. It's, it's kind of a fuzzy. But I mean, memory, it's but. just a button you press, right? Anybody can use a lightsaber. It seems like uh, the way I understood it, and I might be totally wrong, is that the only reason regular people can't use it is because it takes the force kind of a little precognition in how you're fighting because it's such mm-hmm. a dangerous weapon to cut yourself with. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have those ones that come out the side. Especially. Then you need a little of that force future sight to really be able to control it properly. You know, so like the force people, they can't see the future per se, but they have just a second of like mm. probably what well, they can anticipate things better because they have like a sense. So they're better with it. But in that, if that's the case, then a regular person would have no chance fighting a real Jedi because they would have the precognition. A regular person would just be like clumsily trying to not cut themselves, right? So people say it's kind of like fucked up that he could fight that guy. But he did have a chest, like that stomach wound. 
the Vader 2 did. Bowie shot uh, Bowie. Chewie shot him with the bow. So he kept like hitting it, like, you know. Yeah. So he was kind of hurt. Mm-hmm. So they kinda I feel like they kinda try to explain away why he wasn't that good with the lightsaber and like why this amateur these amateurs could fight him. And also now that you mention it, earlier in the movie they made a big point of the fact that when Tan uses that crossbow that Chewie uses, it makes a giant explosion. Yet I guess he can just get hit in the stomach without the giant explosion later in the same movie. Yeah. That kind of doesn't make sense. I like how Han, how Han has never used that bowcaster in his whole life. Yeah. This is the first time ever Chewie let him use the bowcaster. Yeah. Oh, this is pretty great. 20 years later. It's like, uh, sure. I also, I, I kind of like that scene when the two different groups board Han's like warehouse ship and like, you know, they're arguing across the thing. Oh, sweet. But I kind of don't. They could have had cooler aliens for that part. I mm. think like they were all just a bunch of like, like human beings, right? Mm. Wasn't it? I guess. And then, what else? I'm kind of all over the place. I'm just seeing scenes I liked. I liked. Uh, I liked how Vader two had the tantrums. Yeah, I loved that part. I thought that was very funny. Yep, I, I was re- really too. enjoyed that part. Just yeah, I like that like because that, that really. Sh- I, I that's a really character piece of hit for him that really endears me to that guy. I yeah. think that he's different than other. You know, I can't see the other Sith. They're so lifeless. You know, even Vader was kind of was in, in the. Uh, the, the the first movies Vader mm-hmm. was really lifeless you know he was just an evil being straight up mm-hmm. he doesn't like freak out he just mm-hmm. controlled evil which is his thing you know but then Darth Maul felt like he had no character at all you know yeah and then Dooku had no character at all yeah more or less and this guy has a lot of character you know he has a lot of character to him he's not just an evil lifeless being he's got a lot of motivations he has mm-hmm. temper tantrums like he's, he's he feels great I like his uh I like his bad guy voice. Like when he has a mask on, I like I liked his voice. I think it was pretty well done. I like when he stopped that not over the top that laser beam that was in the air. He just stopped it and held it there. I like how he pulls the thoughts, how he pulls the information out of people. That's cool too. I like that was I like that. That's a cool piece. Kind of was kind of made me a little uncomfortable. Like just the way they do the bass and like the way they did it. It was kind of I thought they set a good scene. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I give it a one out of one as well. Yeah, one out of one, I'd say. But you give it a one out of one. It's it's. Creeping down. I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I don't, I don't rate out of 10 anymore. but Well, I, I do both. Once you know it's a 1 out of 1, like, that means you should watch it. And then I can tell you what I really feel about it. You know? Because not everything that's 1 out of 1 is the same quality. You know, that's ridiculous. Look at you changing. Jesus. No, I mean, I, I, 1 out of 1 is, is should, you, should you or should you not. But then after that, there's degrees. You know? I mean... Yeah, I guess. Every movie that's one out of one is an equi- equivocally be, good. If you want to be one of those people. Oh, I got one for you. Oh, a pick. Ooh, okay. Look forward to these picks. Ooh, interesting. We can both see it, but the viewers won't the know viewers for like minutes. This is something I, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. Well, we better take a break, I guess, unless you got more Star Wars stuff to throw in. No, man, we took up half of the podcast with this thing. Should we do one topic and then come back? No, you're, you need a new drink. We need a new drink, some tea. Yeah, okay. All right. good break huh real good break so uh you got some good top you brought all the topics today i brought zero topics mm-hmm. all the topics are malone's yeah so um actually i'm gonna st- i want to start with this one on the bottom because this has been on the agenda for like a couple podcasts let's I do it to. so all right i'll set it up first before i say what i would how i would define this topic in general so uh i went on a trip recently to uh puerto rico so it was a uh, required a plane um 
Flying in a plane is, if you're concerned with your carbon footprint or how much carbon you're generating, it's a, a pretty bad thing to do, like compared with any other single decision like that's optional, unless it's like business or something. Uh, then it's one of the worst things you can do, like per mile that you travel, it's about twice as bad as driving a car. Um, so, you know, it's pretty bad. Now this is, so when you're saying this, this is, so this is like the plane yeah, so divided by the number of, of people. Sure. So say the plane is like, I don't know, 10,000, whatever, carbon, pound, carbons. carbon units or something okay. divided by a hundred people. So it's like a hundred units per person. A car would be only that's, than that's that. the math you do to figure out okay. what your individual seats worth of carbon impact is from okay. taking a plane trip. It's uh you know, it's pretty bad. It, it takes a lot of, it uh, expels a lot of carbon to take a plane ride. So, but what I'm thinking is here, so, okay, if I really want to be carbon conscious, in theory, you could say, okay, I'm not going to ride a plane or they have these other, I've actually heard of another thing where you can buy, like you can plant trees or something, or you pay to have someone plant trees that offsets your plane Probably trip. Probably some slaves. Well, you know, you're just making that up, but yeah. I heard, this was a radio report I heard. <laughs> I'm just saying some, like, would it be like, it's almost, you know, like a satire where. Yeah. But, uh, so, but here's what I'm thinking, whether or not I took that flight from it wasn't a direct flight but say it's just minneapolis to san juan whether or not i bought the tickets for that flight that flight is going from minneapolis to san juan on that day with like probably a full amount of people and like even if it's not full Minus i would one i think it's hard to imagine that like the less weight is going to reduce the carbon impact that much so i'm just wondering so here my question is does me not going on a flight am i actually helping or not it sure seems like i'm not in that case then, so what I call this topic is reasoning in aggregate. So not for your own individual, like if I'm just going to go out in my backyard and like burn a bunch of like coal or something, it's pretty obvious that I'm like actually making these emissions in this case. But in the case of a plane, like I said, the plane's going to go whether I'm there or not. So then I start thinking this has other analogs and other things that are kind of tricky in terms of am I making a difference? For instance, voting, like my individual vote the same person is going to win in every case, whether or not I go and vote or not. Like, you can't argue that. I mean, I, there's, I just refuse to believe that there's going to be some election that's going to be down to one individual vote. Like, it's not going to happen. Whether or not I go, the same person's going to win. Okay. That's kind of the similar idea. Does my vote count? Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of, no. I think no, it, it really doesn't. Um, this is also similar to, I remember before you were a vegetarian, you said the same thing to me. You said, is me not eating a hamburger, what is that going to do? Like, that's not actually going to do anything. Like, what, the hamburger's there. Like, it's sitting there in the, in the grocery store. The animal's dead, whether or not I buy it or not. So I guess I don't have... This is kind of the end of my setup for this. I'm not really sure what... Yeah. Kind of just want to discuss this idea of reasoning in aggregate. Yeah, and this is, you know, this is uh, something I wrestle with a lot being vegan now, you know, is that... I mean, I mean, I think for sure it makes a difference. And here's how I explain it to myself. You think of the money you pay for your the damage you do as a donation to a cause you don't support. Mm-hmm. So let's say in my life, and I kind of really did like careful math on this. And I say, let's say in a year of being a meat eater myself, I spend $5,000 a year on meat. Let's just say that, grocery store trips. Since I became a vegan, I have not spent $5,000 a year on meat. That is a $5,000 donation I make annually to the industry that creates beef. That's that much money less they make every year. 
Okay, so then by me not paying for an airplane ticket, for instance, that's yep. not supporting the you're not donating passenger money. aviation. Exactly. And yep. so you're you're not donating them that money. So does that matter though? I mean, is that I does mean, it matter? Is five thousand dollars in a year to like you know American Airlines? I mean, that matters nothing to them. That's yeah, well, like their uh, error probably. Well, sure, but I mean, that's in in your. I mean, you're not you're not going to make them go bankrupt. One hundred percent not. Mm-hmm. But but the, the idea is that if you believe in a clean environment and you're opposed to making carbon emissions, then it should matter to you. Because what does it matter that you donate fifty dollars to the Red Cross? Does that matter? Does that make a difference? It makes the uh, same really? difference as you donating not fifty dollars to the airlines. Yeah. Okay. You know, you're financially making that donation or not making that donation. Like you would have donated them that your plane tickets worth of money. Instead, you're not. So does that make a difference? Well. Arguably, they're still going to be in business, but yes, I think it does make a difference. And it, the whole aggregate piece is if if you if your mentality infects other people that also make that decision, then it starts. Yeah, that's that, the voting thing. I mean, that's a different. Yeah. I mean, that's what people always say. Like, yeah, you know, if you don't vote, of course, but if everybody doesn't vote, they like, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. You're saying me if I'm sitting there on election day, mm-hmm. should I get up and go to the polls or not? I mean, no. Like, why would I? I mean, what, I'm not going to change anything. Like, um, I mean, what's there's not an there's not much of an analog for your your uh, you know money over a year argument for voting. For voting is you're right. It's very different, uh, and for especially if it's a you know if it seems like you're in a blue state or a red state, then it really kind of seems like it's pointless. Like the red yeah. state's going to be a red state. But I mean, regardless, it, it always it always is well. What if it, what I mean, if, but if you're one of the fringe states, then you your vote even, what, but, might matter. But to come down to one person, I mean. The only way that makes sense to say that your vote would is if you say it comes, you know, if two, if three people thought like you, then it's going to matter. But you're right. What, three what, people would. But what about just me? Just me doesn't matter. It's never going to matter. I mean, well, I mean, you, you're a math guy. You know what? You can't say it will never matter. Like what if I'm confident saying it will never matter. What if it does matter one time and then yes, the one time you didn't vote and then that this the time it would have mattered. Then it would be a tie, wouldn't it? Or I would push. I would only be able to push it from a one vote loss to a tie, or from a tie to a one vote yeah, win. Yeah, right. Like that. But it would be a win in your favor, or preventing a loss against you in yeah. that one case. But I mean, I don't know. I I think my moral from this is that the only way you can actually make it. So maybe this: thinking that you not going on an airplane trip, you not going on an airplane trip is never going to make a difference. Period. You voting in an election is never going to make a difference, period. You stopping your own meat consumption habits is never going to make a difference. The only way to really make a difference is to convince others to do stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I lead. I guess it's not that surprising. But then but, let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this. If you are a guy who just hates carbon and you're like, don't ever fly anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you convince 10 people to fly, to not never fly anywhere and they like wholeheartedly believe that mm-hmm. you're right and they're not going to fly anywhere. Mm-hmm. Can you still fly anywhere you want? Well, another interesting argument about <clears throat> hypocrisy. Right. Um, I mean, a lot of people, there was just the big climate conference in France. Okay. And I've heard, I mean, by heard, I mean, I've seen on like some dumb Facebook, you know, or Instagram, like text thing. Sure. Calling people. The people who go to it hypocrites because they, you know, they, they want to reduce carbon. They took a plane. I mean, you have to take a plane there. Like, you can't drive. It's an interesting question, though. That you know, it's like, should you practice what you preach? Mm-hmm. I would argue that's fine because that has a greater goal of impact, making a change greater than one individual flight is going to make. Mm-hmm. I also don't think hypocrisy makes you wrong. I agree with you totally. And I mean, you already had a podcast about this a while, a long time ago now, but. Is being 
the message you deliver, if that message has a greater impact than your personal choices, I think as a as a as a leader in a certain uh, goal, whatever you want to call it, a certain position, you are doing a better job than somebody who just opts out. Does that make you a better person or a worse person? Well, that's up for debate. You can maybe like, you know, Gandhi or not Gandhi, but like maybe a guy who doesn't do anything ever and lives in a forest like our, the bomber. What's his name? The, the, the bomber who lived in the forest. Kaczynski. Yeah. Like maybe he's the best guy at avoiding carbon footprints and he's like the fucking pinnacle. But he doesn't – he's just one man not doing it. Whereas somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger who is apparently nowadays super environmental – which is kind of funny because he drives all these Hummers and shit, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, he has the, the, the capability <clears throat> to convince a lot more people to mm-hmm. stop it. So, like, it, as, like, w- what e- emission reduction does he produce? Mm-hmm. It's a lot more than a guy who lives in the forest, mm-hmm. you know? Is he, like, a hypocritical person you can, like, make fun of? Sure. Yeah. But he's making a much bigger difference mm-hmm. than had he just opted out of technology mm-hmm. altogether and not done a single thing. So that's kind of, like, interesting. But th- then you come at me with this whole thing, like, is a vocal person who convinces others not to eat meat, who's actually a meat eater himself. Like, how could I? How would I feel about a person like that? You'd hate them, right? I I, w- I would hate them. Yeah, I would. And hate just them. like I think it would be when thinking about this, I thought it'd be really funny for there to be a politician who doesn't vote and says, "I, I am voting." Waste of time. You know what I mean? Like they campaign and they do all this stuff and they do all this thing, but they're like, "Yeah, I'm not voting." I mean, that would be nobody would ever do that. As, as far as I know and mm. like that would be just I mean that's all people talk about is what a hypocrite and all these things but yeah. like people get obsessed with the hypocrite they get obsessed with the hypocrisy they do people do and I think it makes it makes some kind of a sense when I'm electing a person because I think it says like for instance if some guy who smokes like a pack of cigarettes a day tells me don't you smoke it's really bad for you yep and I say well fuck you're a hypocrite what I mean, what does that mean? Does that mean he's wrong? Like he's not wrong. He's right. For sure. He's right about what he says. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't practice what he preaches. Mm-hmm. You know that doesn't mean that his argument's wrong. Exactly. However, it does say something about his character to me. Yes. Where you're someone who's totally comfortable holding these. Although I don't know. It's well, okay. it kind of it's kind of fuzzy because maybe he's doing better by telling people not to smoke, but he does enjoy smoking. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of. I mean, of, you're it's, right. It's it, 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 you're right in saying that it affects his character, but not his argument, and that's mm-hmm. that's a thing that is important. Because when I see hypocrisy brought up all the time, it's like it's always to discount the it's argument. It's to discount the it's argument. Discount when they say these protesters, this is when I see it. I've seen it mm-hmm. multiple times. These guys are protesting oil production, and they're still using phones and having mm-hmm. uh, using cars to drive to the protests. It's like, well, yeah, they have to use cars and phones to live their lives, but they can still protest oil. Like, mm-hmm. if their arguments against why oil is bad and we should use solar are, are sound, you need to argue against those arguments. You can't just say you are wrong because you use a car. That doesn't stop them from saying solar mm-hmm. is better. You know, like, you got to understand what you're arguing against. If you want to call them bad people, sure. But that's not, like, that's not the point. You know, the point is, like, what's what's worse is a power source. So, yeah, I mean, that's for sure. What is that? What's the the Latin word? That's, what is well, that, that's uh, an attack of the person. That's just saying ad you're... Ad hominem. Ad hominem. Ad hominem. You are, you are a bad mm-hmm. person, therefore your argument's invalid. But that isn't... Their argument's not invalid because they're a bad person. It's like the, the pot calling a kettle black. That's like the... Mm-hmm. An old wives' tale of, like, what <clears> is... Uh, mm-hmm. But it, that's not logical. Mm-hmm. The pot is black and so is the kettle, but that doesn't make one or the other mm-hmm. invalid. It's very, especially when elections are coming up. Oh, yeah. You hear, I mean, it's so common, this hip... hip he wants hip, to hip, stop ex- drugs, but he smoked marijuana. Yeah, accusing someone of, of hypocrisy as a means to, you know, refute their policy choices. Yeah, I mean, policy. It's, it's absurd. I mean, like, especially with budget or especially with war or whatever, like, 
the Democrat, you know, the Republicans he never even served in the military. Are, yeah, but he wants to vote for more military, fucking yeah. whatever. It's it's nonsense. It's stupid, but it, people fall for it, and that's why they do it. I mean, well, they it's, know it's that. very appealing. I mean, especially yeah. in the case of the guy who smokes back a day and says. You really shouldn't smoke. I mean, it's it's the most obvious thing to think. Well, what the fuck? Why are you telling me this? You're smoking cigarettes. Like, what? Well, it makes it's very natural to not believe him. This person, you know, this hypothetical person. But I don't. Know. Yeah, I mean, my mom. Think deeper. My mom smoked, you know, and she tells me not to smoke. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I thought like, well, why don't you stop? Well, she would say, "Is because, this okay here?" Yeah, table, I mean, it's fine. Whatever, it's fine. She would just say because I can't, I can't quit. But if you never start, you never have to worry about not quitting. That's mm-hmm. what she would tell me. She's right. She's right. She's right. I mean, yeah. I never started, so I never had to quit. And she never quit. So there you go. It's a good, it's a good topic. I like this one. This is a good one. What else you got for me? Um, okay. So next, uh, <clears throat> let's kind of go up to the top. So this kind of relates more or less. Um, I want to talk about math education. So... I uh, I read a lot of math or science kind of oriented blogs and stuff like that. Like big math guy, practicing. I am I'm a big math guy. Uh, and uh, one of the, something I hear a lot. Is, you're a you're a, a tested actuary, are you not? I'm not certified. I never finished. Uh, I didn't get a full certification, but I've taken some. I've completed some of the tests okay. that you take for that. So that's this guy knows what he's talking about when it comes to math. I've done a lot of, I studied math in school. I've done a lot of math. I think math is really fun. I've been a tutor and a math enthusiast in general. So I read math while, people deride uh, American, United States like math education. <clears throat> um, and they say, one of the, so for one, you've seen like the rankings of like test scores or whatever compared to other countries, and USA usually is near the top. They're kind of in the middle. I'm not doing so great. I mean, that's fine. I don't, yeah. you know, whatever. It happens. The more the the more the criticism I hear more often from the people who I read that's a little deeper is people say that it's the rote, you know, just doing an endless series of problems like algebra problems. You just do a hundred problems. You take a test. It's a hundred more problems. You do all this stuff with no context and no way to actually make it interesting. And you're just rote learning all this, you know, not quite memorization, but kind of the similar level of just mechanical, you know, following the rules and solving for X and all this stuff Mm -hmm. that they say is bad and turns students off from mathematics. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think of, for instance, you or some of my other friends who I, back in school, weren't really fans of math and didn't like doing it as a class. But you're very interested in some of the more, the cooler math concepts that personally I didn't learn until college, like infinity or like what infinity is bigger than another one or all, you know, there's a million things that are really, really cool. We're never, we were never exposed to these things back in school. We just did all this rote thing to, you know, solve for X and all this kind of shit. Um, so, okay. So that's one side saying the road education is bad. However, on the other hand, I look at myself, someone who went in, in college, I went into mathematics and physics and I felt like I had a, not a leg up, but I was comfortable doing the more advanced stuff that required very good algebra skills and all these other kind of skills. I think probably because I was forced to do all this boring shit for my entire high school education and like middle school. A leg so, up on who, your peers? Well, I mean, not a leg up. I'm just saying I was comfortable doing it. The the complexity of the material and the problems that you had to do once you get to even an undergraduate college level of physics and math. Okay. Like it required, if I sucked at algebra and I wasn't good at algebra, I would have been really, I would have had major problems in all these classes with all this stuff. 
So I guess my more general question is who should basic math be for? Hmm. Should it be for your average Joe who maybe will never need to do algebra in their entire life after school, but nevertheless may be interested in some of the cooler concepts and some of the other stuff that's more accessible or doesn't require just, you know, solving for X every single time? Mm-hmm. Or should it be just for the, you know, 5-10% who are going to go on to additional science or math uh, education and careers... In which case, I say, I mean, for me, I think that was very, that was necessary for me to be able to succeed in those later ones is like having it, like I, if I had to solve an algebra equation, I would not even have to think about it. I could just do it because I was interested in it and I liked it at the time. But I'm just wondering like who, you know, who should it be for? That's Well, yeah, I mean, in a, in a communist Russia kind of sense, the, the, the commissary would decide based on, you know, who's got an aptitude for it. And they would just say, you are going to go on and do more math and they would pick for mm-hmm. you. In America, you get to pick for yourself, but that creates an interesting problem because maybe I would have been a math guy if I clicked with math at a young mm-hmm. age. I didn't click with math, so I never became a math guy. But nowadays, when I hear about cool math concepts, like you said, I'm really interested in them. I want to mm-hmm. learn more about them. And I have a lot of math questions that I'm like, I wish I knew math better mm-hmm. so I could figure this out on my own. And I never learned it because I kind of gave up. I kind of decided, well, this isn't for me because the first couple of classes I took you know, didn't appeal to me. So I opted out because it was my choice. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was taught in a different way, would I have opted in? Very possibly. Very possibly I would have. You know, and that's it is an interesting kind of idea. And I think I mean for me, I could say speak for myself personally, having real world world examples is exactly what I need. Like I'm mm-hmm. super into that, you know, and I'm I'm really, really bad at following rules when I don't get what they're for. Mm-hmm. Terrible at it. I always need to ask, why is this rule here? And as soon as I understand why it's here, then I get it. And like at the job I work at, I work in health insurance now. We have a lot of really, really, from my, my understanding, really stupid security protocols. Really, really stupid ones, in my opinion. So I, I'm all, always asking, why would they do this to us? It's so dumb. And until somebody explains to me, here's exactly what we're trying to solve for. Then I go, okay, that makes sense to me. Now I get it, you know, and then I can, I can follow through. But until then, just, I can't do it, you know, and math is like that. Where it's like, here, do a bunch of equations. Like, what the fuck for? Mm-hmm. I don't want to do them. And like, well, here's a, a real world. And I, I, I always go to Adam when I have a problem with math. I always text you. And I go, here's a problem with math that I have. And you help me out. But then it's like, it's always some really basic algebraic thing that I'm working on. And if that was an example that was taught to me in school, I would have got it. Mm-hmm. Here's what I would have loved in a class, even in college. Mathematics and video games. Mm, Yeah. And then it's like, here's a bunch of video games that you might have played and how math can help you figure out the best way to play the game. Mm -hmm. Just based on like mathing out something pretty simple. Mm. Because nowadays, I always want to do that. There's always like, games are based on numbers. Like the way the games do everything. Like Civilization, Mm -hmm. you know, Starcraft. It's all based on numbers. You Mm -hmm. know, it's all like all kinds of math that goes into it. So you can figure out the best amount of Marines or the best amount of spearmen in a certain fight. And it's all completely computer. You know, like it's math shit. So if you use an equation that figure that out, and it's just algebra. Like if you have, you know, X cities, you want to make, you know, Y spearmen to take over Z cities. I would love to have like be that be my example. Now learn algebra based on that. And like here's every situation in civilization where you could figure out how many spearmen you need to take over a city based on all these variables. And the variables are how many defenders there are, how many tiles you got to move, like a ton of them. And that teaches you a whole so much math and it's really mm-hmm. like applicable immediately, mm-hmm. you know. I would love that class. See, yeah, this is what 
Yeah, I think that's great. Also, you're Dan Carlin. Have you ever listened to any of these Common Sense? Started as soon as you told me. Yeah, do you like them? Love them. Yeah, they're good. He talks about, in a few, he talks about the sub... This is a guy who uh, does a podcast called Hardcore History. He does another one called Common Sense. Hardcore History, he does more historical topics, but he's got a very interesting spin It has been my things. pick twice. Hardcore History is my pick Good, yeah. Highly recommend. He has a whole lot free on the website, too. Highly recommend, but he talks about history in some of them. I'm not sure if you've heard this, but he talks about, like, what is, like, he, ca- he has an interesting opinion about history where he kind of says it's not really necessary for people to learn history. He said, he suggests that people should learn history to the extent of the other things that they're studying. Like, he gave an example of, he starts out saying that he thinks kids think history is boring because you sit there and you learn a bunch of dates and peoples and things like that. However, he says if there's somebody who's really into, say, cars and wants to be a mechanic and is really into cars, if they're learning all about cars and stuff and then you say, okay, here's the history of cars, they're probably going to be very interested in that. So that was kind of his approach. I think that's kind of what you're saying. Like, video games. You're into video games. That offers an opportunity to learn about math that's specific to something that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I think... You know, you're saying, and I agree with you, that this would give a better. This would make making someone interested in something rather than just or the math of y equals x plus six, or you know, I mean, that's so boring to try to figure that out. So I think that's great. I think you know when you're doing school in kind of a factory like we do, which I don't know another way to do it. There's you know however many million kids. I'm thinking about this right now. YouTube is a great, you know, like you. Let's say you. Mm -hmm. You make a YouTube class a youtube channel that's just a class mm-hmm. of math and video games and the whole idea is just to say here's like the tr- <clears throat> what's the the pythagorean theorem mm-hmm. as it applies to video games mm-hmm. that you're familiar with so you have to find a video game yeah well you were multiple but you would just you'd be like a gamer type like mm-hmm. me even I, I play a lot of games so and then i would apply that i would like teach you the pythagorean theorem and and how it applies to these video games that you've probably played Mm-hmm. and how it's used in those games and how you can use it in those games to better your skill. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there'd be like, I don't know what else there are, but different concepts of math in how they apply to video games. And there'd be like a YouTube channel. If you're a mathematician out there, that's, that's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy I work with, Alex from Mancheck, I believe his name is, and he, he does a, he's got a whole YouTube channel that just teaches you how to play piano. Mm-hmm. And he has got, you know, millions and millions of views. And it's funny, he was on Reddit once. He blew up on Reddit. He told me about it. He blew up on Reddit because it said... Uh, Alex Romanchek learning to play piano lesson one and it's got like 3.7 million views and then same like same channel lesson 56 it's got like 160 views mm-hmm. he goes people don't follow through with what they're doing you know was, yeah. that was a reddit post but like he's got all those lessons mm-hmm. so if you follow through with like watching all his videos you will learn how to play piano like he's mm-hmm. straight up a t- piano teacher who just has it all for free on his channel and he teaches you how to do it. But the guy, he's an expert in piano and, you know, he wanted to make this video. So if you're a mathematician who's a gamer, you can have a whole course, a curriculum you can make on YouTube. And mm-hmm. you, you actually get paid for that shit. You get money for that. You know, if it picks up on Reddit or whatever, and people are like, learn math through video games. I can see that being a whole thing, you know, or learn math through cars. Mm-hmm. And you can like, you can probably learn a lot of shit about math from how engines work, how turning velocity <laughs> works, how mm-hmm. axle differential shit. I don't know what's going on, but mm-hmm. math and cars. There's a shitload of math. Yeah. Probably in... In everything. Many things. That's that's the trick. It's, it's in many things, but they never tell you about what they are, you know? But what are they supposed to do in a school? I mean, you have... You bring together... I mean, you're grouped in a class based on just your age. You're stuck in your age. Here's a teacher sitting here. This kid likes cars. 
you know, this this, girl, this, this girl's like into programming or something. Like this guy loves like chemistry or something. I mean, how are you supposed to? I would. I mean, individually, you know, cater to everybody's needs. I, I don't mean, remember. I don't see how it's possible. I straight up don't remember school anymore. But I, I, I can almost be positive that I would have loved more real world examples of applications. You had to do them, and I'm sure at the time you hate, especially in math, you have the story problem. Yeah. You know, everyone hates the story problem because it's way harder because you actually have, you know, you're not just following the rules. They say you have 50, like, you know, dogs and they each need however much money mm -hmm. for vaccination or something. Like, Yeah, I do remember those. I remember word problems, but I mean, I wouldn't, I'd not say I'd hate it less, but I would definitely learn it in a way that I would understand. And if they were more realistic, I think. I remember them and they, like, I remember the ones where it was like a guy is driving his car into a, you know, a wall and his brake velocity is whatever. And how, like, how soon does he have to start braking mm -hmm. for his car to stop before it hits the wall? You know, I remember reading those and I, I'm not sure I liked the, I liked it, but I got it. You know, like, I'm like, that mm -hmm. is actually something that I can see how that applies to mm -hmm. different things in life. You know, like a lot of things need to stop. And sometimes you want to figure out how long it takes to stop. And even if you're not driving the car, obviously you're not going to do the math when you're driving the car. But like, there's a lot of careers you could have where it would matter how fast you could stop. And that's something that I, I remember that particular question and going, this is realistic. Whereas like, you have 50 dogs, you know, and like, who has 50 dogs? I don't give a fuck. Nobody has that. Like, what's the deal with that, you know? So, do you remember that report we had to do about the golden ratio back in... Uh, that was debunked. Yeah, the golden ratio was debunked. What do you mean debunked? That like they had that whole that like they just made that up. Like the golden ratio is a joke. Like I mean, they, they, it's a th real thing they gave a name to, but to say that people find this more appealing than yeah. Well, uh, the duh. I yeah. mean, of course it does. Like, I mean, I didn't they, know that when they tell you it's like. I mean, that's what I learned. I mean, I it like, wasn't a duh when we learned it. Well, when we had to do a report on it, that's where I that's where I developed my hate. Where I thought the golden ratio was bullshit and I having to do that report. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. It's you like, were ahead of the curve then because I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, the Mona Lisa's got the glow ratio. Yeah, I mean, they say your face. like your. Fa it's like, well, I mean, some people's faces probably have their nose a little bit down and then it's not the golden ratio. They're ugly so then. then. Like, They're ugly then. Yeah, but. <laughs> They're not beautiful people then. I just hate that. I still, I even, I even hear that these days. People, I mean, it's still people, a thing, but... people going to the golden ratio mm -hmm. for like uh, trying to argue for a particular design decision. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was, it was just saying like, you know, you can take something and say it's approximately here and that fits this. I mean, you're just basically making a conclusion first and then matching a bunch of things to it. Yeah. Or and like that's a what spiral fall. Like, yeah. I mean, they're, they're saying like a fractal, there's a fractal in it, you know, like it goes yeah. continually inward. But yeah, I do remember that report though. I did mine on some kind of a, 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 a Athens era mm -hmm. of fucking <clears throat> the Artemis temple or the temple of Artemis or some shit where the pillars I, were. I remember one other interesting thing from school that was kind of more on the applied side. It was in like uh, Pre-calculus, I think, was what the class was called. And you had to do... Remember matrices? Did you ever do matrices? Yeah. You had to, like... It was... You had to... It was a lot of by-hand computation. You had to do matrices that would, like... Uh, move, a, move a drawing around. Like, there's some... So, later in my life, after going to college and stuff and, like, understanding computer graphics better and these things, I understand the power of matrices and what the whole point of them was. I also understand the point of that particular assignment. Like, matrices are what's used, if you want to, like, enlarge an image by two, you multiply it by a matrix. If you want to rotate something by 50 degrees, you multiply it by some matrix that does this. That's the power of these things, where you don't need to abstractly, like, rotate something. You multiply by a matrix, 
by following all these rules, you end up rotating, you know, the hammer by 50 degrees, something like that. They made us do that back in school. And now I remember that. And now I think it was actually kind of cool we did. At the time, it was so much work, though. You had to just do it by hand. Like, you, if you remember doing it, you have to, like, for, if a matrix has two things on the top and two things on the bottom, you have to do, like, eight multiplications to get the final answer. This is what computers are for, man. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was the point of what they were trying to teach you is that's what they were doing. It took me an additional 10 years of taking math classes, maybe less than that, to understand that was what the whole point was. Do you now? He, this is interesting because you know this is one of Isaac Asimov's kind of ongoing themes in his in a lot of his stories. I don't know many of them, but a lot of them, like several, where there's a future where people won't know how to do math anymore. They'll only know how to ask the computer to do math. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And I remember reading these, you know, calling this, these are kind of stupid stories, you know, when I was little and I read mm -hmm. Isaac Asimov. I'm like, I don't believe really, that's like that's science fiction as fuck. You know, that's not going to happen. But I was thinking. I mean, is it worthwhile for us to learn how to do simple math anymore? When everybody, like every child has a phone and they not only can do they need to type it into the calculator, they can ask Siri or mm -hmm. Google, hey, Google, what's four plus seven? They don't need, they, they don't need any idea how to get four plus seven. Mm -hmm. They only need to know how to ask how, what is four plus seven? What's mm -hmm. the square root of nine? You know, what's the fucking orbital mm -hmm. distance of Mars? Mm -hmm. Like Google will just tell them the answer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's... And back when I read it before, the, before like internet was 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 primitive. Mm -hmm. There was no you couldn't even Google that at that mm -hmm. point. There wasn't even a Google back then, you know. But you but there was internet, you know. And back then I thought these stories are dumb because why would they ever stop teaching math in school? Mm -hmm. Well, because it might be more worthwhile to teach people how to ask the internet mm -hmm. to give them math. Yeah, but I mean, can you even? I I think to be honest, I think there's. For your average person, mm -hmm. like I said, this goes back to my original question. Mm -hmm. Who should math be for? Yeah. Should it be to properly prepare the people who are going to go on and do more math and science to properly prepare them? In which case, I think the U.S., at least the school I went to, is doing fucking great. By the time I got to college, I had seen like all trig trigonometry, like all this kind of stuff that no average, that someone who's not in math or science would never have to think about or give a shit about in their entire life. So for those people, I think it's great. But for your average person, I mean, how, yeah, like you said, do you need to know what a sine of an angle is? Do you need to know how to cut? Like, definitely not. If you're a carpenter, yeah, but then you fucking learn it when you go to carpentry school or whatever. Then you need to learn, you know, you learn it as need be. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I think there's a little bit too much once you get to the high school. But, level, but, let's, but let's keep going with our, you know, like, let's say they just cut the math curriculum completely, okay, and they cut it. And instead they start teaching people really advanced math with the use of computers instead of like learning it, like matrices. Let's say they just stop learning matrices straight up. They just stop teaching it. You just let Google do all the matrices in the world. But then who's going to well, yeah, yeah. Google? Very small amount of people do that. You know, like the very small geniuses do that, you yeah. know, and there are, but how would you even know that you have, I mean, you would, have, well, that, that, I, I mean, mean how do you even, how do you even know that you're interested in such a thing? And that's, that, that's, and that's the clever, I mean, that's the piece where like you write stories about it, where the janitor knows how to do multiplication. And that mm -hmm. everybody's surprised by that because only computers mm -hmm. can do multiplication. Like that's nobody knows how to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's kind of like the mystery. But but think I'm trying to figure out how did Isaac Asimov's world, where nobody can do math except for the mm -hmm. janitor, how did that world come to be? And I'm trying to go. Well, it came to be because they cut math, mm -hmm. and they say stop learning addition. It's it's pointless. You're wasting years and years of kids' lives learning addition when instead you could say you just say what's four plus seven, and you get the answer. Now the kids can spend their time. Come coming up with huge equations and like making actual real math like uh, breakthroughs. But if you don't understand addition, the 
I mean, you can't, what, I mean, what you, if you, you can't combine an equation. I, I, I mean, don't know. I mean, I don't know how the world would work then, but I'm just saying, at what point will we stop wasting our time teaching things that are so easy to get? You're saying it's a waste, though. You're you're assuming it's a waste. I'm saying it's a waste because uh, most most people can get everything they need out of math by asking Siri at this point. Well, then why do you text me for your math questions? Because mine are why don't you mine ask are Siri? Com- mine are complicated. I can't formulate my question. Well, well, yeah, this is perfectly exactly right. What if they taught me instead how to formulate my questions in a way Siri can answer them? Yeah, then you're right. I think like what if you were Siri and I just mm-hmm. had to ask you in a way that Siri mm-hmm. goes, I understand what you're asking. Here's the answer to that, mm-hmm. you know, and then Siri would just tell me the answer. So my question was very complicated in this case. It was um, not very complicated, but complicated. I'll tell you what it was. It was what's better mm-hmm. shooting one bullet at 70% accuracy or shooting two bullets at 35% accuracy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like one's 35% and then one's 40% or just shooting one at 70%. What's a better like chance to hit once. For the record, the answer to that question required the use of the quadratic equation. There you go. But what like, I didn't know how to even articulate my answer, and I had to work mm-hmm. with you to kind of like figure out what I wanted abstractly, and I had to explain mm-hmm. to you how the game worked, and <clears throat> I was shooting a gun, and mm-hmm. my chance, blah, blah, blah. But if the class was, here's how to ask Siri properly math questions, mm-hmm. and then Siri would just have all the answers for you, and all you had to do was learn how to ask it. But wouldn't that make better, smarter people? Like, they would be able to do math better almost. You know, I mean, maybe. I mean, this is all, like, very yeah, hypothetical. I mean, but would that I, not I be, guess... would that be a really irrational way of teaching people how to do math? I don't know. I mean, that's pretty clever. I guess you would have to... I mean, to... There's some kind of a truth about math that exists if you're with a computer or not. So, say you're, like, out in the woods or something and, like, you're fucked. stacking rocks. I mean... The idea of addition could come in handy, probably yep, sure. in that case. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like addition seems pretty. But that's that that's, fundamental. That situation is as unlikely as me being in a situation where I need to like figure out the braking velocity of a car. Yep. Well, you know, which wall. is never. So it's much more likely that I have my phone on me mm-hmm. and I need to figure out a quick question, and mm-hmm. I can just go Siri, and I'm educated in how to ask Siri, <clears throat> ask a computer how to solve my problem mm-hmm. for me, and the computer would just solve it. I think the most useful math is uh, statistics for like your average person who's probably not going to go into math. Yeah. Understanding statistics, I think is the absolute most probability in statistics is the most absolute useful math that anyone can learn because you're encounter, you encounter statistics like all the time, like in any kind of news thing, you know, in, in any kind of an argument for saying something is unsafe or something causes cancer or some group of people are marginalized more than others or all this, this all uses statistics or some drug is this percentage effective or it's this risky. It's always statistics and people are, I mean, they have no exposure like really to actually trying to understand or ask a right question about a statistical thing. I think that would, they should delete trigonometry, geometry, uh, pre-calculus from like from uh, high school and they should insert statistics if they have to do such a thing. Statistics is way more useful to the average person's like life. You heard it here first. Yeah. So I think, I mean, it's it's very complicated too. You, however, to understand it, you need to know algebra. You got to know adding. That's about it, really. To be honest, you don't really, you know, fractions, mm. decimals, algebra, and stuff. You don't need trigonometry to understand statistics. Well, that's yeah. Malone knows best about math. I would trust you. Maybe. But I think that you know I'm onto something too here. 
not me, but you know the concept. What's yours about the video game? Uh, Te- math one? No, uh, teaching people instead of doing <clears throat> math, teaching people how to ask mm-hmm. what they want to computers who can do math instead. The computers still aren't very good at it. What do you mean, not good at math? They don't. If you ask a math question that's very direct, they often don't give you a math answer. Well, maybe today, but I mean, Correct. Siri's gone. I mean, Google has come far from when there was no Google to now. Or if I type an equation into, like an equation, if I type, I mean, I got to know how to make an equation, but if I type an equation into Google, but at the same time, like, I don't need to know how to do it. Like I can type into Google, you know, this times this in parentheses, square root of that. I don't know how to make a square root. I have no idea. Like, I don't know how to do it. But if I type it into Google, it would tell me the answer. How to make it? You mean how to calculate it? Yeah. Like I couldn't, like if you told me what's square root of, you know, 15, I don't know what to do. Like 3.9? I mean, whatever. But like I, I could type that into Google and Google would know what to do. Yes. So in that in that way, like I know how to deliver that question <clears throat> to the mm-hmm. search engine and it would answer it for me. And this is, a, I mean, that's simple, but like I don't know how to do a square root. But I do know how to get you the answer. I wonder if Google can do like a simple financial math thing. Like you say uh, $1,000 at 2% interest after five years. I wonder if it tells you how much it'll be worth. If you can make that an equation, I bet it could. You definitely you can make an equation. That's yeah. a very easy equation. I'm just I wonder if, if you just asked him verbally. Yeah, I mean, if you said sure Google, if I put it, if I deposit a thousand dollars now and there's two percent interest, how much will I have in two years? Yeah, like Siri will be able to do that. I think soon. You know, I don't think now they mm-hmm. will do it. I, I'm not sure actually, mm-hmm. but eventually they will be able to. And that's I think that's that would be. I mean, I would actually say that's a more valuable education than learning the math. You would get so much further in knowing how to do math that way. Yeah, interesting question. Like you'd be able to solve more <laughs> equations mm-hmm. by verbalizing them correctly to Siri or Google or mm-hmm. fucking Cortana than you would by doing the math, you know? And it's harder to mm-hmm. remember that, whereas I think it would be easier to remember how to speak it. Mm-hmm. I'm reading a book right now that's very fascinating. A pick? Uh, yes, I would give it as a pick, but it's about like, it's about quantum computing actually. Yeah. But uh, the author starts out talking about, uh, like, the, the, the kind of shit that I think you would find very interesting. But you're handicapped in that you're missing some of the very basics. Fundamentals. In that you weren't interested. You know, it, it's not even you weren't interested. You just didn't learn these basics. It's not, this isn't, like, it's, this is definitely math kind of stuff. But uh, it's a shame. There's all, like, I never liked math. Until I got to college, until I took calculus in college. Right. Once I took calculus, I'm like, oh fuck, like this is sweet. Like there's more to this. It's not just plugging in equations and stuff. Like there's something more to this that I found really, really interesting. I think it's a shame that it took me that long until I actually liked it. And I think I'm lucky that I happened to take calculus when I went to college. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. What if I would have loved math too if it was taught me yeah, in a new see, way? That's what that's that was my question originally. I mean, yeah. who should it be for? Should we should like I said, I think I'm Maybe if I hadn't done all that rote stuff when I got to calculus, I'd be sitting there struggling with the algebra. Mm, you'd be pissed. So I'd be pissed and I'd be frustrated and I wouldn't have these insights. Or, I mean, you know, I, I guess I'd, that's that's my question is mm-hmm. what maybe the commenters can have an opinion about Hey, give this. me an opinion. Who should math be for? Should it be for people who are going to end up doing it? Or should it be for average Joe who might be interested in me? If you think it's for average Joe, give us a like. And if you think it's for people who <laughs> dislike, will, yeah, give then, us a dislike, if you think for it's only for geniuses. <laughs> We'll see who wins. So what's the book? Uh, the book is called Quantum Computing Since Democritus. God, it sounds so boring. 
It's really good. The author has a very funny style. It's not too common. What? In these kind of he needs to write better titles. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. <clears throat> Do you know who Democritus was, though? I no. learned this from the book. No idea. He was some ancient Greek guy or something. He was one, of the, Greek. The, one of the first people to propose that the the basic parts of tables or reality is, you know, little dots like atoms. He was the first wow. one to propose that. That's old school. Yeah. His argument, I thought was really interesting or his, not his proof, but his reasoning was saying that many people thought that, for instance, water was just one constant substance. Like there was just water. There was just, like, there wasn't any fundamental constituents to water. But he said, then how come when a wave crosses over, you see this white froth come out? If it was always just water and it was always just blue, how could it make some different looking thing? Hmm. Thought that was kind of interesting, but anyways, he ended up being right. Hmm, interesting. I would have thought that was just dots. that was just a property of water, like water is one thing, but also froth sometimes. Well, he's just saying that different configurations of the same basic elements are what makes the variety of the things that we see currently, hmm. which That's was a pretty good prediction. Interesting guy. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Greeks. They got a lot of they got a little bit of stuff to say. I think he was Greek. I'm not sure about that. Democritus sounds, sounds, sounds Greek. very Greek. Sounds Greek. Yeah. All right, well, we'll go to picks. I would, would call that a pick, but we'll go that's to a picks. pick. Yeah, the book it's uh it gets kind of hard, but I like the guy's style. Um, Did you read Flatland? Oh yeah, definitely. You like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I recommend everybody. Read. It, I mean, the whole book is like so short. I mean, it's mm-hmm. tiny. It's like reading a comic book, mm-hmm. but it really opens up your mind to a lot of math concepts that are quite <clears throat> interesting about mm-hmm. dimensions of of space. Yeah, it's really cool. I liked it. It's it's clever as fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm. Man, I'm just thinking of more stuff that I learned in college you love that it. you personally would have found so cool. All this math kind of what shit. What stuff? Uh, well, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna totally butcher. I think this actual argument. Do your best. But it's mostly to do with infinities. The class I'm speaking love of. Love it. Love it. Was called real analysis. What means what they mean by real is the study of the real numbers, so numbers with decimals, numbers that cannot be a fraction. Okay. Nothing. So like pi, can't do is it. not a fraction. It can be proven. It oh, is, it, it is never. Real. It is never a fraction. It is not. It cannot be a fraction. Because it's infi- infinite. It. Uh, the decimals. Do we go know on. for a fact that pi is infinite? Yes. We can. We know that for can a be fact proved. That, is. that is proved. That's interesting. Yes, that can be proved. And I it's always. It never repeats. Never repeats. That's. We the, know for a fact it never repeats. Yes. Even if we've just never been able to calculate it to a point where it repeats? Yes, it's proved. Same with square root of 2. The square root of 2 never repeats. It's not a fraction. How do they it do is, that? Uh, I can... Uh, I Too hard? I can probably remember the one for square root of 2. The one for pi, I've never learned. I think it's too complicated. It's different? It's a different proof, yeah. You can oh. prove the square root of 2. You start, you know, just on a piece of paper, you, you prove that the square root of 2 cannot be a fraction. You can prove this. No, but but what cannot cannot be repeatable is what I mean. Which is the same thing. Any fraction repeats. Anything that doesn't repeat oh. may may never be a fraction. How about that? Yeah, I would kind of be interested in learning that. Anyways, the class was called real analysis, and there's all sorts of these strange kind of interesting things with infinity that you learn mm-hmm. uh, and need to prove and have to take tests about and all this kind of stuff. But very really, uh, you know, uh, wrong seeming stuff like about. You can, if you imagine, like, I think this is from Cantor. There was a mathematician named Cantor. Cantor, okay. His thing was you take the numbers, all the real numbers, between 0 and 1. Okay. You remove the middle third. They're all gone. Sure. 
Then from each of the things that remain, you remove the middle third of that. And then you remove the middle third of that. And everything and everything, you go on forever. You infinitely go on. Okay. And you end up, everything that's left, there are just as many things left as there are to begin with. Because mm, you're never actually... Because of yeah, right, exactly. But it's uh, you know it's a lot of studies and different. This, this book talks about this also. These kind of manipulating these infinities mm-hmm. and like it seem all these things seem completely. That gives me the goosebumps. They, they seem completely wrong. But you can sit there on a one piece of paper in a class, at, you know, at a college level without like being a full professor of math or something, and you can convince yourself of these things by your own logic, and they're right, but they seem just totally bizarre. Uh, you know, that's the kind of interesting stuff I'm saying that I think you never see in earlier math classes that I think is a shame because there's a lot of really cool stuff. Did you see that it's YouTube missed. channel number file? Oh yeah. I love that one. Yeah. I like oh, yeah. it. I, I love, I'm yeah. obsessed love with that, that channel. Love and it. like, mm-hmm. I just watch it every fucking video. I love them. I'm obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. You know, all kinds of weird shit going on there all the time with numbers. And it just gets me so giddy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one of the, the like that we sent that Voyager is that the one we sent where the the one that's supposed to contact like the one we sent it's before. never going to contact but it had the record Voyager 1 and 2 both with, had one with of these the things with the plaque mm-hmm. and like where we talk about you know mm-hmm. and there's a picture and all stuff mm-hmm. and it's just and even like thinking about contact that movie contact mm-hmm. where you know math is an, like a language that <clears throat> everyone can understand and that was kind of like the so concept they, so they think well, sure, but but any 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 civilization advanced enough to comprehend getting a message should be able to understand math. You'd think so. I you watched, would think so. I watched so one of my previous picks on this very podcast was the uh, the SETI YouTube channel, Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Okay, they have a great. They upload like almost a video a week or so, but they have speakers and like all sorts of stuff. One uh, speaker, some guy was talking about that very idea. What do you say? Where he says the the prevailing attitude is that any advanced civilization must have math. They must have the same math. He supposes, perhaps not. Is it possible to have an advanced one that doesn't understand math the way we do or doesn't use the same logic? It was very, very interesting. Like a biological... Or something. I mean, he said, you know, I, I forget the the details of his argument exactly. But I guess, I mean, if it was intelligent, it should... It would be hard to understand that it wouldn't. You'd think so. But I guess so. it was an but advanced I mean, biological or insectoid be like... Or perhaps, if you, or you you know the argument of Plato's cave? Yeah. The guy who's trapped in some kind of he a cave and all, he sees the shadows and he thinks that's the entire universe. I mean, his the, the crux of this person who is on the SETI Lectures channel was saying, are we not, as just humans, are, are we not so intertwined with our own consciousness and our own biological underpinnings of how our brain works? I mean, how can we assume that these kind of math truths that we see is just so obvious and so self-evident and they couldn't be anything else? I mm. mean, of course, you know, how can we how can we divorce ourselves from b- being in our own brain, basically? Really, uh, quite a mind trip. Really good, it is a really good lecture. It's quite something to think about. Although, my one beef with it is that it's an argument that it's that is impossible to refute. Yeah. He says, of course, you know, anything you think is all going to be coming from your own mind. You're right. I can't refute that ever. No matter what, there's no possible way I could ever refute that. So I wonder. I always am I'm skeptical of those sort of arguments. But it, if if an intelligent being has sight, let's just say it has sight, which is an assumption, it might not have sight at all. Mm-hmm. And if we showed him like you know one dot symbol, <clears throat> one dot, and then a symbol, and then two dots, 
like if he's an intelligent being, he should be able to understand that we're saying. Yeah, I mean we, that's you, addition, and one dot and one dot make two dots. I mean, yeah, I agree that there's. I For us, I, I can't even fathom a way that anything else would be possible. However, yeah. I'm still stuck in this biological brain that's had, you know, it was not meant to to do math generally. And I mean, it's crazy. You know, I don't know. Maybe there's some. Maybe that some. My whole my whole. Uh, you know, uh, ideas of what is logical or what makes sense are clouded by that. I don't it's know. crazy to think about. It is. All right, we'll go to picks for real this time. Picks. Picks. So I watched the movie All Is Lost with Robert Redford, mm. which if you don't know what the, the movie, it's about a sailor, play Robert Redford, who is uh, shipwrecked, I guess, in the middle of the uh, Indian Ocean. And the whole movie has like no lines at all. He he like says a narration at the very mm-hmm. beginning, which is a letter he's writing. Do we spoil stuff in the picks or not? We can spoil, sure. I'm gonna try not to. I'm just wondering. Yeah, I won't. But yeah. I've seen this movie too. I like it a lot. I give it a one out of one. I give it a one out of one. Yep. Uh, it's a cool movie. It's just Robert Redford trying to survive, uh, being like crippled in the middle of the ocean with no way to get home, and he's just on his boat and trying to survive. You know, and it's. Like that movie Open Water, which is a movie that we watched, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. similar in this way, but that had a lot more. That had two people, so it had a lot more dialogue. Mm-hmm. Or Castaway is a good is a good comparison too. But this one has really no lines at all. Like he really just speaks for the in the very beginning of the movie. He's narrating what he's writing, which is his like nice knowing you note. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not gonna make it. And that's the very beginning of the movie is him writing that like suicide letter kind of. And then the whole movie is just him trying to survive and. It's, it's interesting. I mean, it's not like an amazing movie because it's kind of like, it's kind of boring. I would say it's kind of boring. I was uh, fully entertained by the whole movie. Yeah. And I mean, I, I watched the, the whole thing. I love the unique, it's unique. I mean, it's unique. A, a movie with no dialogue. I mean, it's, you know, with like, a, especially a big name actor. Like, it's got I, something I, going I, for I it. I thought it was really good. Really liked it. Yeah. I mean, I did, I did quite enjoy it. It wasn't like, I, I didn't expect anything beyond what I got. So like I was satisfied with what I what I saw. And I give it a one out of one. I think you should all see it. Would I watch it again? Definitely not. I like handled mm-hmm. it. Like I handled that movie. There's nothing else in there that I'm not gonna like I'm gonna notice. Mm-hmm. You know like Fight Club I'll watch fifty times. This movie I'll watch one mm-hmm. time and I, I handled it. Interesting. I've actually had the desire to watch that exact movie again lately. Really? I've seen it on like Netflix or whatever and I, I want to watch it again for some hey, reason. watch it again. That basically never happens. That's interesting. Me. See, I, I'll watch yeah. movies that are complex I'll watch multiple times like Antiviral. That's the movie <laughs> I, I want to watch that movie again and I've been working on downloading it but apparently nobody Ugh, gives a fuck. It's so gross. I can't get anything going. I can't even get it. It's on one of the streamings. Not on Netflix. It's on HBO then. Do you have HBO? I know. Or it's on something. Alright, the next pick I have is the Paramount Vault, which was a pick before, but if you don't even know, you weren't here that day. Paramount is a Paramount, you know, Paramount the company, mm-hmm. they have a YouTube channel called Paramount Vault. And in it, they're releasing full movies. Mm-hmm. Watch them. Full Paramount movies, like that they own. They're just releasing them on the fucking thing. Like full. Like to stream. Yeah. One okay. video, YouTube video, watch the whole movie. There's ads in it. On you YouTube. Know. Yeah, YouTube. Ah, oh, there's ads in it? Well, there's ads, you know, YouTube ads. You could skip them for 15 seconds. It's not a big deal. I mean, it's a little... It's I wish they just had one at the beginning, like a trailer. Like, uh, I don't like being interrupted in the process. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's but fine. Whatever. You can complain. Yeah, but yeah, but they're releasing full movies you can watch. You can just like go to Paramount Vault, hmm. search for them. I mean, you can't really... Like, it's not all their movies. It's like mostly they're bad, shitty ones that are old nobody cares about. Like mm-hmm. old, you know, 70s movies. Mm-hmm. But recently, 
somebody on Reddit posted The Machinist. Full mm-hmm. movie. Which is like the first movie I care about. I looked at all the movies when it first came out when I made it a pick because it was a, a story when it first came out. They had about 150 movies. I looked at all of them and they were all old shit movies that I didn't care about. Like old, you know, not new movies. The Machinist is the first movie I cared about and I would love to watch it again and it's on Paramount Vault for free. So I think, I mean, that movie is definitely a pick of mine. But also the Paramount Vault, if they're going to start incorporating new modern kind of movies into their their vault, I think that's awesome. And I hope that other production companies. What's a, what's Paramount? Production company? Movie studio, I guess. Movie studio. Studio. I, guess, studio? I hope other studios follow suit and make YouTube channels and start uploading their catalog into it because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good <clears> way to make revenue and build build an audience and get subscribers and. You can publish trailers on that same... Like, once people subscribe because they want to know when you upload a new movie, mm-hmm. they'll start seeing the uploads of new trailers. You know, and I think that'll be something that is a good advertising kind of method for these studios. And it's great for everybody. So, I support them wholeheartedly. And if you haven't seen The Machinist, you can literally watch it for free right now. Machinist is a pretty good movie. Great movie. I love it. I love Christian Bale. I love Christian Bale. I absolutely love Christian Bale. Like, th- this is a guy that commits... Way more than he needs to for movies that maybe nobody will give a fuck about. Like, The Machinist was a fine movie, but it wasn't a a super big successful movie. You know, mm-hmm. like, it kind of went under the radar. I watched it. The first time I saw it was I, was I, I pirated it. I'll just I'll admit mm-hmm. it. I pirated it. But then I've seen it on Netflix. It was on Netflix for a while. And I'll watch it on YouTube. But I never, like, went to the theater. I never heard of it until, like, way mm-hmm. later. And he almost died fucking shooting this movie. You know what I mean? This guy, like... Went down 110 pounds. Crazy fucking maniac, you know? And then as soon as this movie was over, he went to do Batman. And he gained... He was 230 during Batman. He really weighed 230 pounds. He went from being 110 to 230 in like a one-year period. This guy's fucking crazy, you know? Like, Christian Bale really commits. And I really respect him for that. Like, he really treats his 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 job as like his life. You know, I really love him for that. Don't you think? Yeah, it's uh, pretty respectable. Yeah, like he really fucking goes in. And I read a, a recent article I was reading as I watched American Psycho again for like the millionth time because that's the best movie ever made. And I read an article about an interview with the, the, the writer of the book, American Psycho. I forgot his name already. Uh, it was like, whatever. I don't know. Paris, Paris. It was Ellis. Something Ellis. That was the guy's name. Ellis is his last name. Anyway, he was trying to, he was like in part, working with the production of the movie and he was trying to figure out who's going to play. Patrick Bateman. And he had a dinner with uh, Christian Bale. And Christian Bale came to the dinner in character. Oh, I saw this as a headline. Like, I saw that shit on Reddit or something. Yeah. This story you're yep, telling. Yep, exactly. That part. That's what I read it. Oh, okay. Christian Bale came to dinner to meet the author of the book, ask Patrick Bateman. Wow. And he just had, like, half the dinner that way until the guy had to tell him to stop doing that because it was too unnerving. <laughs> Like, it was too weird for him to see his character, like, that alive. Oh, great salesman, huh? Yeah, and he said, and he asked him, like, how did he, where did he get that from? And he said he got it from Tom Cruise. He said being really aggressively friendly with, like, nothing behind it. Like, being empty, but aggressively friendly. And that's, like, Patrick Bateman. And he, like, did that. Mm. And he just did dinner that way and, like, freaked out the writers that that's exactly what he should be mm. like. And then he, he ended up doing the movie. Christian Bale, man. Love that guy. Love him. I love him. If I could meet him, I'd meet him. If you could meet a celebrity and have dinner with him, who would celebrity would you have dinner with? Live or dead? Live or dead? 
Uh, does he? Do they have to be a movie or a film person? Yes. Well, okay, music or two. Well, well I mean, anybody, I guess. Who you're trying to say? Science? No, it's yeah. got to be a media celebrity. Okay. Um, like an actor. Gosh, I don't actors. know. You don't know. Uh, who do I? I don't even know. You don't care about anybody. Mm-hmm. Nobody, huh? Wow. Um, you don't like? I mean, you should just click. You don't click. You don't like media celebrities that much, I guess. Yeah, I guess not. I don't know. Um, That's fine. Just pick the hottest girl then. Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> no thanks. Claudia Cardinal. Who the fuck is that? She's old, really old. Who the hell is that? She might be dead actually. <laughs> she was in. A, she's like. I think she's the hottest. Uh, the Who? hottest. The hottest actress. Who's she? Was she in? She was in this old movie called Once Upon a Time in the West from like the sixties, and she was like in a bunch of movies. In that girl, huh? She's really hot. At her prime. I think she's like Italian. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, can you speak English? Have nothing good in common. No, she spoke English in movies. Well, I guess it's fine. It's a good answer. I guess. I mean, it's not. I'm not happy about it. I mean, <laughs> uh, not yeah, even like Brad I, I Pitt. Don't know. What do I? What do I want to talk to Brad Pitt about? I don't care. I don't know. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, he's Kevin Spacey. Yeah. No thanks. Who would you meet? Jean Claude Van Damme. Okay. I think actually Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger. My, he's my, a that's really, my second he's pick. He's a really interesting my guy. My second pick. Yeah, he's seeing that movie, uh, Pump, what's it called? Pumped Up? Pump it up, yeah. That one was awesome. Like, he's been a governor of a United States state. Like, he's had, yeah, for sure, him. Love that guy. Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good question to ask people. I feel like it gets them off guard. They kind of, like, shotgun something a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's like who they like at the current time. I meet Jennifer Lawrence, too, because she's hot. Love her. I'm in love with her. Not embarrassed to admit it. Yeah, okay. All right, guys. Thanks for coming to uh, ABDP 57. Nothing else? That's it. You got a pick? We're all on picks. Uh, That's all we got on the list. I don't have much of a pick. Well, I guess I we're... feel like I thought of a good life hack re- recently, though. Did you see my video? Life hack? I latest? see all of them. I hope there wasn't the newest one. It's me doing a life hack rather than me reviewing life hacks. Oh, yeah. The underwear one. Oh, that was, was that? fucking hilarious. I lost, I I've lost to date, net loss, 250 subscribers because wow, of that. Wow, after that? Yeah. Like, Damn. you can look on YouTube. It tells you your net gain or loss. And I've always been a net gain. Posted it. Just dip net loss like the last couple days. That was know? so funny. Oh. I, I love that. I thought people that was are just, fucking hilarious. People are just too fucking hetero to handle it. I guess. So if you haven't seen my latest video, here's the trick. I'll tell you right now. If you're a girl and you listen to this podcast, hope you are. If you're a boy and you have a girl who you give some tips to, when they're putting on lingerie, tell them to put their underwear over the garter belts instead of under them, as is obvious to everybody who buys lingerie. Because then you can take them off. And still wear all the rest of the stuff and not have to unbuckle and buckle a bunch of shit. Do you think you're ever going to come up with a life hack that doesn't have something to do with the order of the underwear? Like, in terms of what you put on top of I the have, I underwear? have done a lot of those, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, only two. They were, mean, both are... un- they were both underwear order related. They were, I guess. That's like your, I mean, what else is left? That's my thing, I guess. <laughs> That's my thing. I like it. I mean, it made sense. It was. It's great. <laughs> I mean, it changed my life. I also love how... Uh, like the reveal of it i really cracked up as soon as you like stand up and, like, <laughs> it was very very funny <laughs> so yeah check it out might be that safe for work i don't know don't get too crazy you want you want james williams walking up behind you seeing that video on your screen that'd be weird i feel like he probably wouldn't care about <laughs> he'd be weirded out a little bit <laughs> maybe all right guys uh thanks for coming give a give malone a shout out give a comment says i like malone period from the project night podcast
I mean, that's how I'm from. Yeah, Malone is from the Project Night <laughs> podcast, which is Maybe a Maybe we can have a link or something. We should have a link. I think your podcast is... It, it's, no one listens. I get like zero Facebook well, likes. Well, you, you have it once every eight months. Yes, yes. So it's I'm not really regular, but it's hilarious. And Malone's got my favorite podcast that I listen to of all the podcasts. Oh, thank you. It's yours. I wish it was more frequent. I would listen to it every time. I was sort of laughing about it. So I'll link to that, Project Night Podcast. Uh, and uh, you know where to tune in to listen to the AVD podcast. Can't believe there's been 57 of these. Right here. Can you believe it? It's a lot. I mean, I've only been on a handful, maybe five, four or five, something like that. I've been on all of them. Mm-hmm. Never give up, never surrender. That's me. You should do the one that's just your animals. Just an like, hour and a half. They're stuck in a cage. Like... <laughs> That'd be funny. Also, here's another question for you. Why no women ever on the podcast? It's always a very been. sexist podcast. It's right. quite sexist. I mean, there's no. I'll tell you. I mean, I'll tell you exactly why. You know why? Because no women you know would ever be on it. No, that's not. Well, uh, the the few women that I know nowadays, which is Emily, uh, would not ever be on it. Um, mm-hmm. Emily showed up once, and Yuri's girlfriend Chloe showed up once. Mm. So that's. I mean, that's very small in a fifty-seven. But if I was friendly enough with any other women that I can invite them over to be on a podcast, that would be an issue for my relationship, probably. Mm. I would say. Like, who could I invite? Like, I can invite, like, what, your girlfriend Yolanda to be on a podcast, like, without you? That'd be weird, right? Should I have a girlfriends-only edition? It would, I mean, we should do that. That would be fun. Like, it's just weird for me to invite girls over. I'm not friendly enough with enough girls at this point Mm. to, like... Because once you get married... I mean, this is a part of my my deep-rooted issue is, is guys and girls are never friends. You know, this is like tons of TV shows and movies, but it's fucking true. Guys are interested in girls sexually, period. Unless they're somehow totally prohibited by being, you know, girlfriends or sisters. Guys aren't friends with girls in a level where like, hey, come over and hang out. It's just not a thing. It's not a thing. You're making a face like you disagree, but fuck you. You're wrong if you think so. Even you know that. Every girl you're friends with is a girl that you are at least one time interested in sexually being in a relationship with. <laughs> name, one, name one that isn't. You know what I mean? Name one. Uh, Unless she's related I to mean, somebody in a weird, like, weird political way. There's no random girl that's just your friend. It's just bullshit. That's not untrue. Untrue. Untrue, actually. It is untrue? It's untrue. There's somebody you have that's there's a friend mul- of yours? There's multiple, well, there's multiple girls who I'm friends with who have, say, who... Uh, I did not and don't have any kind of a sexual interest towards. However, I think more to your point more is that if all you know, if nobody had a boyfriend, nobody had a girlfriend, then what it would be like. I agree. I mean, I think yeah, you know, I'm attracted to you know uh, people I'm friends with, including girls. Right. So, but uh, so I guess what I'm saying is, once you're married, which I am, mm-hmm. then having relationships with girls becomes really kind of, I guess, I wouldn't want to say pointless because it's not like they're meaningless people <clears throat> without anything but, like, a sexual attraction. But it becomes awkward, you know, because every time I, I spend... If I spend a one-on-one time with a different girl, my wife needs to feel, a, like, like, yeah. like, suspicious every time. So it, it, you end up just kind of losing that. You're like, I'm not going to hang out with a girl, especially one that I was attracted to sexually, which I, now I no longer have a desire to, to be, to you know, to mm-hmm. pursue... And it's not like they're stupid otherwise. They're smart, great people mm-hmm. that I'm friends with. And I talk to them on Facebook. But I'm not going to go out to coffee and write them over. Because that makes it awkward for me and my relationship. Yeah. Especially, it's maybe excusable if it's someone you've known. But, there, I mean, there's, there's, it's kind of not allowed to make a new 
it, female it, friend. Straight up, not allowed. That's not allowed. And more, you know, I would probably feel the same way about my girlfriend if she just, yeah, yeah. I just met some, you know, some guy is great. I'm going to go, like, exactly. I'm like, oh, really? Like, I would definitely think. Oh, I got a coworker. So, I wait, I'm going to have lunch with him. No. Nope. Yeah, I mean, I would not really be. You know, that would make me jealous. Yeah, sure. Exactly. And, uh, Straight up. Vice versa. So that's why I don't have girls on podcasts. Emily doesn't really want to do it that much. And that's all the girls I know at this point. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to have one on. If you want to bring your girlfriend Yolanda over to be on the podcast, I would be all for it. She's got a cute accent. <laughs> She'd love to that'll, hear you say that'll, that'll, She'll love to hear you say that. That accent will fucking fly on, I'm not on sure the internet. she'd like to be on this sort of Hey, thing. let her know. I'm, I, she's got an open invite to come be a, So was uh, Yuri's girlfriend, Chloe, on the podcast? She's been on the podcast for a second because we asked her... Just not for like a segment? Or, or not she was, it was episode. one segment. The segment was, mm-hmm. and you'll love this, if uh, this was Tilson's, Tilson's uh, theoretical, Rufy, Rufy or partner as okay, a sex yeah. act, but knowingly for both partners. So like you would make an agreement with that your girlfriend. That was his originally? I thought that was yours. No, it was love that definitely Tilson. I love okay. it, but it was definitely his. But the question is, and we, we brought Chloe in. Yuri and Chloe talked about mm-hmm. it. Like, if they discussed one day, like, at a random time in the next six months, mm-hmm. I'm going to roofie yep. you and you're not going to know it, and then have sex with you while you're unconscious, would you agree to that with your boyfriend Yuri? You know, and that was the question. And then vice versa. Would Yuri agree to that with his girlfriend mm-hmm. Chloe? And I don't remember how I don't remember how it went over, but that we had her on for that segment to kind of give the female perspective of, like, the whole date rape kind of consensual date rape sort of a fantasy and she was on for that and that's that's it but it was a great segment hmm. follow back to i don't know where it was it was like two, episode 30 maybe something i'm just really guessing but there it is so was that are we done i think so you got anything else should we cut this out thanks for coming everybody uh follow us on twitter uh and Give me an email. You know, do all that. Give do, us a like. Do, do all that bullshit stuff. Give us a like if you think Argue that everybody should learn math, and give us a dislike if you think only some people should learn <laughs> math. Yeah, whatever you do, though, don't actually comment out with an actual opinion. Just we prefer a binary thumbs up. Comment. Us. I like Adam Malone. Period. If you like Adam Malone on the podcast, see if that. See if you get more than two, you will come back. Otherwise, you'll never. Come back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for coming.